happy Wednesday. Happy middle of the week, beautiful people. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. This is Love Babs Love Talk. I'm up. <laughs> I'm ready. It's been, you know, coming back from vacation has been a little uh, crazy, but thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's raining. and I, I don't know if it's going to give us enough rain that we need, but at least it's raining. Today is the Arts Council annual meeting. We're doing it at, a, at the Q House and the Senior Center because they got a, a little deck rooftop action, little re- rooftop. Roof, gosh. <laughs> my tongue has to catch up with my brain. A little re- rooftop situation. Uh, and we got word on the street at 9.30, but the Arts Council is having their annual meeting today at 5.30. So, uh, yay. Show up. Come. Support the arts. Uh, I saw Paul Bass last night at the uh, jazz thing on Dixwell at the Stetson Library. He got he got shuttled to the front. <laughs> he ain't on he ain't on the Long Wharf board. He ain't on, I don't know if he's on the Stetson board. <laughs> I heard him like Paul Bass, Paul Bass, and then they bring him to the front. I was like, okay, BZ, I see you looking looking all dignified up there. It was a good concert. I didn't say for the whole thing. Ife and I um. I was behind you, Paul. I was behind you to the right. I was in the back of the room because I knew I was gonna, I was gonna dip out. And uh, um, I enjoyed it. I didn't stay for the second half, uh, but you know, to have jazz on the avenue is a, is a uh, for me, for me, that was the coolest part. Knowing that there was jazz on the ave, it was just jazz on the ave, and I just, I just love it, right? Now, I didn't like the space because I thought the space was just not good for the what, what it should have done. And people got turned away. I never, I never want us in this city to be in a situation where we're turning people away. Honestly, I, I just think what, we, we don't even need to go to, on that road in New Haven. <laughs> so, so that was my only criticism that I wish you could have been outside on the plaza. Right, because if it was on a plaza, then the music could have soared all around the neighborhood. People walking by, people could have walked up, stood around. I mean, it was just, it would have just been my preference. Um, but uh, yeah, but the fact that there was jazz on it and with heavy hitter jazz people, which was really nice, you know, that smooth jazz crowd, Ace Livingston, uh, Chris Big Dog Davis, uh, all, you know, all the people, Mr. Petter with young Mr. Petaway. Uh, uh, just good. Misa, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Diane, I think that's her. No. Uh, what is her name? The woman, the woman who could really sing Tolman. Uh, she was amazing. She had, um, double knee replacement at the same time. And normally they don't like to do that. Right. They like to give you a little time, but they find with knees. If you do both of them, just get out the way because most people, a lot of people, not most people, I'm no statistician. Uh, a lot of people, if they get one knee done because it's so hard, they won't get the second one done or they'll delay it. So if you knock them, bo- if you knock them both out and just go through rehab with both of them, I think you fare better. You know, listen, I have both hips done and hips, hips, what I understand is easier than knees, you know, just because of the way the knees are, you know, you have to, the way they're made. Uh, hips are, 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 are easier to do. So we'll see. No, I won't see. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not getting no more carved up. Nothing. 
I'm like, I, I'm hoping. Knock, 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 knock. But anyway, it was a it was a good concert. Um they uh they started with uh Scott 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 Joplin's ragtime, you know, with the entertainer. So they started with that, and then they jumped into Jelly Roll's music a little bit. And they, you know, they brought us through the ages, which was really, really, it was really well done. And you know, smooth jazz people are gonna get the smooth jazz in. Do you know what I mean? Like, smooth jazz people are gonna play smooth jazz. I don't care what it is, they're gonna smooth it out. And they did. And then they put a little funk in there, a little 70s vibe. They put um Mesa saying, uh, Willow Week for me. Uh, you know, she has a beautiful, smooth voice. Um, Miss Tolman saying. Uh, uh, stormy weather, you know, uh, from the 1920s, I would imagine. A song that Lena Horne made quite famous and a lot of people sang, uh, uh, a lot of people covered. So, so yeah, so we, at intermission, we dipped out. Um, so I don't know what the second half was like. Um, I'm sure it was very smooth. <laughs> so, um, so high five to the Stetson Library for uh, opening these doors and having some jazz on the air, baby. And it was for the Long Wharf Theater, right? Because the Long Wharf Theater is about to uh, um, do uh, the, the production of Jelly's Last Jam. And it's, you know, Jelly's Last Jam is an August, I mean, hmm, uh, um, uh, a Wolf production, uh, a George C. Wolf production. And, uh, and I remember George Wolf when he was here um, doing um, the Colored Museum. And, uh, and it was good. I mean, George Wolf is a George C. Wolf is an American treasure. You know, I put him right up there with August Wilson, if you if I'm gonna be honest. And and yesterday, uh, uh, August Wilson's, um, there was something dedicated to him. I want to say a house or something. They're turning it into a center of some sort. Um, uh, and his family was there, wife, kids, all the nieces and nephews and stuff like that. Denzel Washington, all the people. Um, because, you know, Denzel Washington is doing his best to bring all these films, all these plays to film. And, uh, and that's his commitment to this, which I which is lofty and amazing, you know, lofty and amazing. Um, so so that went on in Pittsburgh. Uh, I would have done anything to try to be there for that because I'm such a, a August Wilson devotee, you know, a century worth of plays. Of, the, of a slice of a Black American life throughout the ages, you know, throughout our time in this country, which is uh, incredible, incredible. And, uh, and I've seen just about every August Wilson play except Jim of the Ocean. Uh, and uh, yeah. So, uh, so last night was great. It was great. It's great to have... Uh, Jazz on the app. I was really, really tired. What I wanted to do yesterday was run from Stetson Library over to uh, Cafe Nine to see the young Mr. Cherry play. But I was just, I, I, I don't know why I think I could run like a big dog because I, I was, I went home. So I went home. I sat on the porch. I really did. I went home, sat on the porch a little bit because I was, I was really, really tired. And Alicia um, came by. Uh, she stopped by, you know, that sister that runs Bloom. She stopped by and it was lovely, lovely, lovely to see her. 
you know, uh, Alicia Crutchfield McLean. So she popped by with flowers from Bloom and uh, a bottle of kava, which is my favorite. It was a really good kava, too. I was like, thank you, girl. And I was already drinking Yave tequila out there. I was already on the porch drinking Yave tequila. You know, tequila is nice on the body. It's not, I don't care what people can say whatever they want. I think for me, the harshest thing on the body is gin. I don't like it. Although on the vineyard, on the porch, the brother made a gin cocktail. It was good. But I always just, I can't lose that sense of thinking I'm drinking Christmas trees. I just can't. You know how you have those Christmas tree air fresheners in your car? I feel like that somebody muddled them in a glass and that's what I was drinking. I don't care what you put in there. He had a little lemonade and a little lime juice. I mean, it was refreshing, but it was, I just felt like, so I, I just don't like gin. Now, my husband, Tim Cabral, will argue the point because he's like, Babs, when I make you gin cocktails, you like them. I, 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 you're right, husband. I do like them when you make them. <laughs> don't know what that is i think just because i'm just trying to be a good dutiful wife <laughs> you make me something i'm gonna drink it <laughs> so anyway uh so yeah so we sat up on this porch last night to the wee hours drinking kava laughing joking and and tequila and eating uh avocado dip and chips it was very peaceful and very quiet. It's very peaceful and very quiet. So, and we just, you know, we just chopping it up like women can do, like grown women do. It was just wonderful to have her on the porch and, and to have it all to herself, you know, a little quiet. Because, you know, when you run a, a retail establishment, you're always in people's faces. I mean, you always have to be on, right? And I, I get it. So, anyway, uh, it was... We had a good time. It was nice. And she found a yellow hat in my house. She found the yellow hat. She stuck it on her head and came outside. I know. I know. I have to do something about my space. My space is like a storage unit. It's like a, it's like a storage unit slash dorm. And I'm not embarrassed by it. I, it's, it's nothing to be embarrassed. This is my things. Just what it is. And I know it's very cluttered and people can't stand it. I, I don't really care. <laughs> I only care if I stand it. Sometimes I can't, but there's not too much I can do until other things move. So I'm trying to just keep making a way and moving stuff out the way. And my clothes are in the dining room. So that's what it is. But anyway, so tonight is the Arts Council uh, uh, annual meeting. I hope people come and uh, just join us in celebration, you know, and it's our annual meeting. We got a little business to conduct. Uh, beyond that, we got new board members. I want you to welcome them. Um, Dr. Karen DeBose Walton and Charmaine uh, McAllister. I think there's like four new board members. Um, so I know those two. I met the other guy yesterday in the meeting. Um, and uh, but I will see them today and uh, and uh, do what I do. So that's that's the life today. Whew. It's a lot going on, people. A lot. Um, I, I, I've got some Oak Bluff Martha's Vineyard tragedy news. These two young Jamaican brothers um, uh, uh, who work on the island, came up to work on the island, uh, a well-known, popular young men, uh, went diving off the bridge. You know, that very famous bridge from Jaws 
at like 11 o'clock at night and uh, one died and one is missing. And uh, it's a little heartbreaking because um, it must've happened the night we were leaving the, the next day. Cause we didn't get, I didn't get the news until later. Um, uh, it's all over the social media stuff to young, young brothers, young Jamaican brothers. So my heart goes out to them. Um, you know, that I think they misjudged where the deep part of that water is, as opposed to the shallow part. I mean, it's 11 o'clock. It's dark out there, man. Nothing but the moon. It's dark. And uh, it's just painful to know. So it was four of them jumped in, two survived, and two have not. They haven't found the body of the other one yet. I dare say it'll turn up. It'll wash up somewhere. Um, but that's just a little heartbreaking. A little heartbreaking news. Because people jump off that bridge. Now, there's signs that say, do not jump off the damn bridge. But, you know, people are going to do what they want to do. And, uh, and I have a good doctor friend who lives right here in New Haven who has done it. I tried to discourage her, but she did it. But she did it like early in the daytime, right? So you could really see. And people do it all the time. They take pictures, they jump, they do it. I've walked over there, I sat on the bridge. I'm not jumping off a damn thing unless something behind me is on fire or zombies or a pack of wild alligators or crocodile, whatever. It's got to be something that'll literally make me jump. And I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, uh, you know, to do it for fun is just not my idea of fun. I just, you know, and listen, I'm not saying this to make a judgment. Nope. Because this is a tragedy. And uh, it's just a it's just a tragedy, and and my heart and prayers go out to that family as they're making arrangements for their children, and uh, and I don't want to be that parent ever making those kinds of arrangements for my kids. That is not a that is not the plan, and the natural order of things. So, but anyway, let me shout out my uh, my good friend uh, Ruby. Hey, Ruby Melton. Good morning. How are you? And uh, a shout out to her wife, Gail uh, McAvey. Uh, good morning. Hope you are feeling well and uh, embracing the day, um, holding y'all in my thoughts and prayers. So shout out, Ruby and Gail doing the damn thing. That's it. Um, word on the street to be on in about 9.30. We have not. I love that they, when they come on on Wednesdays in the middle of the week. And I, God knows, it's a rainy day. Who knows they're going to talk to? And I tell people, and they were like, oh, so when y'all plan, I was like, mm, there's no planning. Well, when you, nope, there's no arranging. Well, when you, choose, nope, there's no choosing. I have nothing to do with it. They show up with whomever they show up with. I'm equally as surprised as you, the audience, and I like it that way. I don't need to plan not near one more damn thing. So I love the word on the street. You just get these, you just run into the most interesting people. And that's what happens when you, uh, when you open up and talk to people, because that's really what we're doing. We're just opening up and talking to people. And uh, it's really, uh, it's really uh, uh, a little slice of New Haven that you would not know 
because you're going back and forth in your everyday practical life. I like that. So shout out to uh, Nora and uh, Maya for uh, bringing word on the street. And it's a little bit of a spotty, rainy day in the elm. So we'll see what they bring. We'll see what gifts they bring us this morning. <laughs> we'll see what gifts they bring us this morning. Um, let's see what else I got going on today. Um, yes, I'll be downtown at 1245. Uh, there's pumpkins tomorrow. Tomorrow I have, um, uh, Reverend, uh, Osella Hughes. She's my guest from the Prosperity Foundation because, you know, August is Black Philanthropy Month. August is Black Philanthropy Month. There was a whole thing on the Martha's Vineyard hosted by the Community Foundation, uh, on Martha's Vineyard because, you know, Black people are philanthropists. I am a philanthropist. Add that to my resume, baby. Philanthropist. I have a whole fund, endowed even. So I'm excited about that. But it's Black Philanthropy Month and it's Black Business Month. So support a Black business. Just go buy something from some Black business. Do that. Help, help, help the cause. So, so yeah, so this is a lot going on, a lot going on, a lot going on. Um, I'm putting it, I'm running a piece in the, in the inner city about Black philanthropy um, and what that looks like. And I'm running a piece on the history of Black education in this country and what that looks like. I was inspired by the conversation I had with um, Dr. Jonathan Berryman yesterday. And, and I know people were, are, are, are contemplating and discerning that whole uniform piece. Because uh, I tell you, when I met him at the WNHH office, at the New Haven Independent office, and he was coming off a show, and, they, and he, I heard him talk about uniforms in prison, that the uniforms are part of that school, the prison pipeline. And it just freaked me all the way out. I've never lost a sense of that. I stopped saying uniforms are the great, great equalizer. I just stopped it. Because after I heard what he said and I read and I listened, I was just stunned, you know, and, and as a parent, you never, you never want to be a part of a continuation of, of, of foolishness. And I was, because my kids went to parochial school and uniforms is what they do. You know, so yeah, interesting. So anyway, um, so I'm running a piece on, on the history of Black education. I was, I was quite fascinated by it um, and how there was so much energy around not wanting to educate slaves and former slaves, um, even up until, oh God, I, to now? <laughs> even up till now? So, uh, so I'm running a piece. I, I, uh, a brother, Dr. Uh, Jarvis at uh, Harvard, uh, wrote a wonderful piece. I pulled it and uh, it's quite interesting. Um, Black education and pedagogy and all that. He has a whole book on it. Um, but uh, the Harvard Press blog has it up. It's such a, and it, and it was up for a Black History Month, but I just feel like um, it's still timely. Like it's just one of these pieces that, it, you know, I love to say for your contemplation and discernment, you know, Meaning, think about this, <laughs> think about this and, and remove your feelings about it. Just read it and, and try to, and try to, um, you know, think about what, what he's saying. And if, if, instead of reading it to refute it, just read it, you know, um, 
in the history of black education. So anyway, it's Black Philanthropy Month. I got uh, Reverend uh, Orsella Hughes on tomorrow. And we're going to talk about it. And I'm excited. And I'm hosting a panel uh, next Wednesday about uh, the black philanthropists here in, in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, who have funds, uh, who have started funds for various reasons um, to give back. And uh, it's quite interesting and uh, you know, quite interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, figuring out the world just like everybody else. So yeah. So the inner city comes out tomorrow. Well, it comes out tonight, but you pick it up tomorrow and just read read what we put in there about education and stuff like that and Black Philanthropy Month and uh, and there's a whole movement. It's impressive. So so yeah. So uh, I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow. And I think do I have a guest on Friday? No, I don't have a guest on Friday. Um, but, uh, I'm off next week. I'm, I'm away again, back to Martha's Vineyard for a real vacation, you know, not working. <laughs> I'm going to cool my brain. And this is, this is timely because, you know, I'm waiting for Myra and Nora to come on. They should be on in a bit. Um, I'm cooling my, I cool my brain because September 10th, I start the, uh, access to law program, which is the first class from nine to 12. I'm not nervous yet. Um, I'm excited, but I got to get my head right. You know what I mean? Like I got to go into deep academic study and commitment. <laughs> so, you know, I got to, I got to get ready to, to reason. And <laughs> I have to get ready to reason and be logical. <laughs> I have to fine tune my mind, clear out the cobwebs <laughs> and make space for real academic pursuit, right? Because that's what law school is. It's a lot of learning stuff. Uh, but I'm driven by one thing, one thing only, that uh, I'm going to use the master's tools to dismantle the master's house. That That is my driving desire, seriously. And I know Audre Lorde said you can't do it, but I, I'm, I'm going to argue that point. I'm going to argue that point. And you know, there's only five percent black black people make up five percent of all the lawyers in the country. Five percent. The other ninety-five percent are not black. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a freedom fighter cape and get out there with the best of them and see what I could do for a short period of time because I'm fifty-nine. I won't finish law school if I get into somebody's law. God knows. I don't even. Does Walmart have a have a have a law school? <laughs> Target, anybody, any of these little big box places got a, a law school for somebody like me who you know. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go. I don't know where I I'll go where God sends me. You know how people say that, right? I'm gonna go where God sends me. I don't know where I'm going. I'm gonna go where God sends me. So that's, that's the thing. That's what's happening. That is what's happening. So anyway, uh, yeah. 
I'm excited, but I got to cool my brain. And a week on the vineyard will do that. You know, a little rest in R&R, slow moving, slow pace. Um, and, you know, I'm not one of these people that needs to run around on the on the island. I don't need to do that. I mean, it's nice to drive around. It's nice to see it. I've done it. I've been going up there for years and years and years. Um, so it's nice. And I'm sure Ife and Markeisha and them will ride bikes. That's really a great way to see the island on bike because you can stop at your leisure. And, you know, me, you know what I'm going to do? Get up in the morning, have coffee, walk to the beach, sit and read for the day, walk back. <laughs> I may do this two or three times a day. <laughs> walk to the beach, walk back. <laughs> Sit on the beach, uh, sit on the, sit on the, uh, on, there's benches above the inkwell. So you could always sit on a bench. There's always a bench available and just read and then take it all in. Stick my feet in the sand. You know, the last time I was there, I had real mobility. It's just, I just, I just, um, I was just a few months out of surgery, you know, for the, for the second hip. So my mobility was just still, uh, you know, didn't hurt. Like it wasn't it hurt, but it wasn't debilitating. Uh, but this time, you know, I'm, I could get around pretty damn good. So, so yeah. So, so it's just going to be a little R and R. This is going to be real R and R, real R and R, you know? So I'm telling people don't have no fires here while I'm away because I can't get back. <laughs> I have a lot of things I need to get done before I break out and go, you know, so we'll see. I'm trying to trying to do the very best I can get everything together and uh, we'll see. Um, just trying to do it. So I'm excited about going and uh, having this time together. It'll be lovely, 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 lovely. So that's it. That's my story. Um, that's my story. So, uh, and then when I come back, uh, let's see, I'll be ready to rock and roll into, it's almost September. And I guess kids are getting ready to go back to school. I feel like they just got out. They're going back to school. I know parents are running around singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> I, know, I know I used to sing that. <laughs> oh my God, let's get them back to school. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> oh, but my teacher friends are like, I'm tired of you trolling us, Babs. <laughs> So back to school, back to school they go. I guess they, you know, have the the book drive, the the book, what is it? Book bag drives, and uh, all the things that you need to go to go back. You know, pens, paper, uh, pencils, all the things that you need in a book bag to go back to school. You know, they start doing that. They start doing that, and uh, um, you know, school shopping. I think tax-free week is coming, right? Do they do that in the summer? I don't know when they do that, right? So that you could buy, you know, because everybody's got to get fresh uniforms. You got to get 
This is what I used to do. You know, my kids wore uniforms up until high school, not, you know, up to eighth grade. So I'd get their uniforms and uniforms can be expensive. Like they, they went to parochial school. So I couldn't just, I could go to Walmart to get the khakis, right? Because khakis are universal, but their shirts had, you know, the school patch and the emblem. So you had to go to a particular place and buy it. You couldn't bring your own shirt. You couldn't just buy the emblem. You had to buy the color. I mean, it was just a whole thing. So, you know, so I'd buy, they'd get, um, the, and the boys wore pants. So I'd get my sons like uh, three pair, three pair of pants, four shirts, that kind of thing. You know, you do it like that. And then a jacket, a sweater. Let me tell you something. I, I invested in so many sweaters and they got lost. They come home. I said, like, where's your sweater? I said, school. I was like, tomorrow you better go find it. And they, t- then the next day comes. They're like, I was like, did you get the sweater? Well, I don't remember where I left it. I'd be like, oh my God, I just paid $75 for this damn sweater. You know, that, that kind of stuff. They'd get two pairs of shoes, a brown pair, a black pair, and a pair of sneakers. And then, I'd, and then I'd get them another pair of sneakers halfway through the season, you know, because that's just what it was. And uh, yeah, so that was, my, that was my shopping duty. You know, then they had to have new underwear and T-shirts and stuff. And it was just a whole production. And they know they knew we had to do it every year. And, you know, they wanted the fancy, fancy sneakers. I'm like, boy, I'm not spending $120 on the damn sneakers. I'll get you a pair of Nikes, but you'll get the basic Nikes for 50 bucks. And then when they got bigger, there were no more 50 bucks sneakers. So, so then I had to go to the $80, $90 bucks. I wouldn't go over $100. I just refused it. I was like, hmm. When you get your own money, you'll see, <laughs> you know. So that was my that was my thing. I was like, no, nope, can't do it. And, you know, I'm not with this whole, I don't want them to have anything that's popular because I can't afford it. No, you give them a few things because there's nothing like a kid being left out of their peer group Um when their peer groups are wearing like whatever the latest thing is. Cause I remember that when I was a kid, whatever the latest thing was, I wanted it too. And my mom would, would allow for like one or two days. I couldn't have a whole wardrobe of trendy fly stuff. She's like, I, I don't got no money like that. <laughs> Girl, your last name is Rawls, not Rockefeller. So, so, you know, that's when I knew I had to get a, get my own job so I could have stuff. I think that's probably why I have so many things now. Do you know what I mean? Like I, that, that level of, um, that level of, uh, 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 poverty, um, that, you know, and I didn't even know it was poverty at the time, but that level of wanting things that you, that were just out of reach, I guess that's one of those things that stays with you. Right. So, so that's why I probably have way too many things, you know, cause it makes me feel, you know, sane, <laughs> I don't like to feel like I'm lack. I don't like the feeling of black. That's what it is. I don't like that feeling. And yeah, that probably is something to sit on the couch and talk to a therapist about. I'm sure of it. Right now, it's not terribly problematic. When I die, God help us when they throw all my stuff out. So, uh, but that's just what it is. So, uh, but I, I remember those days. So I always. Um, I always want to uh, 
just remind parents that, you know, even I know you can't afford these things, I know, but you want to get as close to uh, as close to the line as possible so that they don't feel um, left out. That's a terrible feeling to be left out at it from your peer circle based on clothing and trend, you know. Um, and you don't have to go over the, you don't have to go overboard. You don't, you can, you can, and you can teach them to be their own trendy selves. You know what I mean? You can teach them to be their own fashion, but before they could get there, it's, it's about blending in and fitting in. I, I understand that, you know, I, I understand it. And I also, as a parent, understand how hard it is to sort of make that happen. You know, I get it. I really do. I really do. Um, but kids, kids need to feel like they are a part of their, their peer groups. And there's ways to do it without, you know, crippling your, your whole household budget. Ain't nobody got time for that. So that's a good thing. So, yeah, so I, I, always, t- I always try to get parents to sort of see that side of it. You know, you don't have to buy the $150 sneakers because I, I did it. You know, but you know, as long as the sneakers was whatever new and close to what everybody's wearing, it's cool. And then you know, they start to develop their own sense of style. You know, and they start working, and then they realize, oh, I don't want to spend my whole check on sneakers. <laughs> and then the light bulb goes off, and they're like, oh. And I used to say to my son, I was like, oh, you don't want those? I, I'm uh, not. I was like, but it was all right if I if I bought them though, right? You spend my hard on hard earned money. And they laugh, think it's funny. Oh yeah, mommy's funny. Yeah, mommy's broke. How about that? So, but I I remember those days. So, you know, and backpacks and the whole nine and child. Yeah, that's the thing. Lunches and the snacks and the this and then that. So yeah. So I bet you if I go on a Target right now, it's overrun with mommies. <laughs> mommies back to school and the college kids back, back, back to school, back to the dorms. So they need all the things, new sheets, this, that, and the other thing. I remember that too. So whew. yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. There you go. So all you people out there on the, uh, I, and I, you know, honestly, I, the only thing that I really miss is um, taking their school pictures every year because I would love to do that in front of the house, take their school pictures and I could, you know, see the little smiling faces and, uh, and then watch them go off. I miss, I do miss that part, but you know, the pictures are, are great for that, right? And it's my screensaver. I think one of my screensavers is them when they were little, 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 little. When Brianna was the tallest, <laughs> Brianna's like five, five, four. <laughs> when she was the tallest one in the family, like, oh my God. I was like, Brianna, remember you were the tallest one? <laughs> now, now she, she is the shortest one. Like, oh my gosh. So I think her, her and Margot are close in height. Uh, yeah, I think they're close in height. So yeah, so all you parents taking kids back to school, 
enjoy this moment because it is fleeting. And I know you are happy to have their butts back in school. I'm happy for you because now you could just like, they're in school for however many hours in a day they are there, you know. So I get it. But enjoy this time. Enjoy this time. Enjoy this time. And uh, teachers, get ready to teach. So uh, just get ready to teach. And welcome these open little minds for all the things. So uh, I don't know where the word on the street people are. I don't know. Maybe they can't find anybody. Maybe there's nobody on the street today. (laughs) Are there any people on the street today? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. So word on the street. Uh, They'll show up. They'll show up in in a bit. They'll show up. They'll find somebody, I think. Um, I have, I still have not really watched the news with great attention. I know what's going on, but I've not watched with great attention. Um, I just can't bring myself to do it. Um, and you know why I'm not doing it because I know I'm leaving to go back on vacation and I I'm just doing a real distance from the news of the day, all of it. Um, uh, so I know what's going on. I'm paying, I pay attention because you know, I work, I work at a newspaper. So the, the, the TV is always on, you know, so we watch, we go back and forth between all the news channels, uh, and listen in, uh, but I, I haven't really engaged, um, too much because the world is the world. And, uh, you know, when you when you fast off of stuff, it really is liberating to sort of give up stuff for a period of time. And I gave up the news and it wasn't even like forever. It was just like for the long weekend, like a long weekend, you know, for like Thursday to now. And I'm like, OK, this is what it feels like to detox off all the foolishness, you know, and stand back, catch your breath and then come back at it with a with a. Uh, a different, a different eye or different through a different lens. Um, I know uh, first lady Biden has COVID, um, but that, that makes sense. (laughs) So her husband had it twice. So they in the same house. So yes, she probably would have COVID at some point. Uh, Wishing her a speedy recovery. Let's see. Uh, Peace and blessings to the uh, Ann Hedge family. Uh, to, she uh, died in a car accident. Uh, the heart, my heart goes out to the families of the folks who were killed by the woman speeding. Ran the red light at 90 miles per hour. Who is driving at 90 miles per hour on city streets? I, and I don't want to condemn her. Like I, I don't, I don't want to have condemnation for this woman because she was just up against something that just was. You know, I think people, I, there's a couple of thoughts about maybe she deliberately wanted to kill herself. And, but ain't that always the way when you do that kind of stuff? So, uh oh, I think they might be ready. I think they might, okay, they're ready. Word on the street, word on the street. Get ready, everybody, for word on the street. Word on the street, word on the street. Everybody get ready for word on the street. Uh Uh-oh, 
are y'all just waking up? What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> Good morning. How are y'all? Good. We're on Dixwell this morning and we're going to turn the camera. Okay, you're muted. All right, it's still no, muted. Okay, there you go. Better. Okay, now you can hear us. And yes, but I but I can't see you. Oh, oh there you go. Okay, sorry about that. Um, okay, so would you mind introducing yourself? I um, guess Kendall. Kendall. And Kendall, what is the word on the street today? Well, right now it's rain, but a lot of it being the uh, situation with what's going on with Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah. You know, to me, that's a big word. <laughs> yeah. And not a good word. Yeah. I like to, you know, say over the air, but I mean, you know, it's not a not a good thing. You know, I mean, you got a lot of things going on in that area. You deal with top secret stuff that really shouldn't be uh, unlocked, so to speak. You mm, know, right. it should be locked up, exposed to and no access to it. So, I mean, you know. Not a good thing, you know, especially talk about, you know, uh, stuff that could jeopardize our, uh, you know, jeopardize our, uh, you know, security and food resources. Were you just reading about that as well, or just something that you're thinking about? I know it's not the news all the time. So, I mean, you know, I like to kind of keep abreast of what's going on, you know, in the news. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the thing that I feel is uh, prominent right now. Right. Yeah. Can I also ask what you're up to specifically right now in this moment? Um, where are you on your way to before we interrupted you? <laughs> oh, right now, I'm just taking a ride back to that. We got to uh, Orange. Okay. And got both of them here. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, about basically trying to kind of, you know, beat the weather. Doesn't seem like it's really bad, but it's bad, you know, you know, when you're riding a scooter, Okay. Were you about to stop a, a Dunkin' Donuts or something on your way? Well, I had to go back this way. Oh, go the other way. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about this motorcycle, too? I know nothing about motorcycles. Well, actually, it's a scooter. A scooter, it's okay. A 250 uh, um, CC, which is, you know, fairly fast. I can take it on the highway, so I, I prefer not to because they're being so open, right. you know, and smaller size. You know. I'll take it on the highway back to, about the time I go to Groton. Uh, uh, What's yeah, in Groton? Well, actually, my girlfriend's in Groton. I go visit her, and uh, a lot of the time you have to go over the bridges. Mm. Because they got the you know the two uh, main um, waterways there. Mm. Okay, right. Yeah, so I'll ride Route One up until the bridge, and then get on the bridge and go over the bridge and get back home. So get back on Route One. So mm. it works out pretty good. So do you feel like? Do you ever feel unsafe riding? It's like that a major thing that's on your mind while riding, with like knowing that. Some people well, don't pay attention to two-wheel vehicles. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, it, it can be to that degree, you know. I mean, I have to get right along. I get upset for it, you know. Uh, you know, that could happen basically, you know, even a four-wheel vehicle, just with a two-wheel, you're more prone to be, uh, 
and more access to more entry mm. versus with a car, you know, or I gotta keep that in mind. I put my helmet on. I was gonna yeah. say, do you have a helmet? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's, it's actually in the it's under the seat right now. Mm. Okay. But I do, you know, and I, I do wear it. It's just you know, not town. I I don't. So yeah, I, right. So I've got to make sure it's comfortable. But mm. I have to go far. I will. Right. right. When did you get the scooter? What was what went into the decision to specifically adopt this mode of transport? Well, I had it um, now for about a year, and I wanted uh, something that wasn't as um, as bulky as a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I'm get out. You know, due to the fact that I'm gonna have that that's right. So something else good on gas, and uh, it was nice. I like, you know, like the way it looked, and um, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was attracted to it, and it was, um, you know, a good buy. I got a good deal, you know, yeah. got a good deal, and you know, a lot of people give me nice compliments on it. Um, you know, you know, I feel good about that. So it's a, it's a good buy. What is the maintenance? Like, because you were saying you have to take it to Orange, right, to get work done. What do you have? Oh to no, I'm getting the uh, computer work done. Oh, okay. Like computer work done. Okay, computer, um, well, good. I mean, it, it's um, it's good. I had a tire uh, problem in the front, and uh, rather than have to buy another tire because that tire is fairly new, mm-hmm. I used uh, some uh, fixing pack, and it sealed the slow leak that I had. Mm-hmm. Those dollars and they're gonna make some more safety because you know when the tire gets low, you really lose a lot of control. Mm. You know, especially having a one and a one being in the front, it's not a good thing. Right. Mm. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? What you do professionally, maybe, or what you like to do with your free time? Or... Oh, well, I work at Southern. I'm a cook okay. over there. Oh, okay. That's yeah, cool. I cook. I do food. You know, food prep. Uh, you know. Uh, go with servicing the customers and you know been there for about about twenty years now. Oh, what's yeah. that like? What does the day to day? It's really like? good. I mean, you know, it's always good working in the kitchen mm-hmm. and working inside, especially when it's hot. Like it's been, yeah. You know, you get to eat what you want. But it gets hot in the kitchen. Well, no, they have air conditioning. I mean, you're not directly, you might be in the dining area. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're in there, you know, briefly, you know, putting stuff in, you just go in the dining room where the air is, you know, circulating ice and everything. Get as much um, uh, drink as you want. So, you know, you don't have to get dehydrated or anything. Right. So it works out pretty good. What do you typically cook? Is it, do you work with like the contracted food services? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? What food service does Southern use? So Dexo. Okay. It used to be Chartwell. Okay. But now it's a Dexo. Okay. Yeah. They're pretty good. Pretty good. A lot of good. A lot of good. Lot of good. Mm. How'd you get into cooking? How'd you get into that job? Well, there was just something that I kind of uh, took a course on. Okay. I took a course on, and, you know, followed up on that, you know, Actually, I'm uh, going there and applying for a job. What are your favorite things to cook? <laughs> well, I do a lot of the chicken, the grilled chicken. Mm. You know, I do the grilled chicken. I cook the, do that for a lot of the um, 
I do a lot of that right now at this year. I try to switch up, maybe go to catering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get a little more experience. So what does your day-to-day look like? Do you have to go over to Southern later today, or do you have a day off? No, we're off right now due to the summer uh Oh, recess. Duh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking no about that. Like, yeah. Maybe they're still working. Maybe they're still working. Yeah, no, we're off right after the summer recess. Okay. So, uh, so you get the we'll full summer off? Yeah, well, we go back uh, the 25th. Okay. 25th, 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 25th. Yeah. Is there, mm-hmm. is there free? I feel like you're probably really busy as like a chef at Southern, but. Well, not really you, so much. Are you able, like, do you talk to your um, colleagues about what's going on in the media or um, like Southern students or anything like that? Well, somewhat, you know, a lot of times we're busy and we don't really have the time to really indulge any more conversation. You know, we might chat, say, how you doing, or you know, something like that. Well, that one doesn't think really in any detail. They like us to stay busy. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, get to any any free time activity. That's really what they're paying for. They don't really want to go for you're doing something other than work. Well, I thought of someone who might be a good conversation partner on the other end of this. a Zoom call because we have Harry Dros, who is a Trump supporter. Oh, I mean, you know, you can support who you want. You know, you can support who you want. I mean, I have nothing against who you support. You know, that's up to you. But I mean, you know, you have certain things that are going on that just, you know, to me, just don't seem to, you know, go well with uh, a representative of what the United States is supposed to be about. Mm, yeah. Um, are there any other big issues in the news right now that you're thinking about or that are specifically important to you? No, not at this point. You know, I got a few other things going on, you know, that I'm trying to uh, do, get to uh, do a uh, CDL truck driver. Um, the the during the summertime, I, I like to be working after not working. Mm-hmm. You know, so, then when I get back to work, it's like a catch up time. Mm-hmm. I really like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I like to have my free time, but you know, I, mean, I like to, you know, see how that thing comes And Babs, do you have any questions? No, I, I'm enjoying the conversation. We have to go to the call letters in a minute, though, but okay. I, yeah. I've enjoyed the conversation and uh, I want him to be safe out there on this kind of rainy day. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Thank you so much for speaking with us. I know, thank you. Thank nice you. meeting you. Definitely. Nice to meet you both. <laughs> <laughs> good day. And you too, on the phone, Babs. Thank you. Nice <laughs> to see <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, they're gone. Thank you, Maya and Nora. <laughs> uh, we're going to have the call letters in the PSA of some sort in a minute. And then when I come back, I'm going to read the PSA. So I don't know, Harry, what you got queued up? Anything at all? Okay. You're listening to uh, Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rose Ivy on 103.5 
WNHH Radio. We are live streaming on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, thank you for tuning in. So uh, I think we- You know that the kids have to get the COVID vaccine from school. My five-year-old starts kindergarten this year. It's not required, but I did get mine vaccinated to be on the safe side. There were several cases of COVID in the classes this year, and I'm happy they all stayed healthy. I just keep wondering if the COVID vaccine is the right thing for my child. I understand fully. And from what I've seen, there's been no major issues with my friends or their children. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective, and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, there is less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it, and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com, nhvvax.com. Make summer safer. Protect your family from COVID-19. Anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed. No appointment necessary. Visit nhvvax.com. That's nhvvax.com for everything you need to know. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. from your heart slowly enters in and then it crawls you apart spark your flame until your fire explodes you won't be scared if you're led by the Love like you've never been afraid Oh, and this love 
assist, no CVS. Either it's the Uber or my GPS. Damn, sweetie, nice dress. What was your address? Will Smith on the track, yeah, focused. Digging on the fashion, digging on the roof. Sammy Davis Jr., tapping ass is cool. Don't approach me on the corner unless I'm digging you. This be the cotton candy in the cotton club view. Hands in the sky, yes, yes, y'all, I need that. What we do to get high, yeah, I need that. Everyone turn up, yeah, I need that. I'm waiting for Boop to come back with the feedback. Twitter popping and on fleek, I need that. Amenities and pay trips, I need that. Real lady with glow, yeah, I need that. I'm waiting for crowds to give up, up the feedback. My people's is real, I got the vitamin D. My brother's uptown, they got the vitamin D. The East Coast boy, we got the vitamin D. Catch me on the corner, got that vitamin D. I'm up in the club, I got the vitamin D. And life is a drug, I got that vitamin D. It's no stripless, I got that vitamin D. Used to be the green tea, but now it's vitamin D. D. Taking them to church with that vitamin D. Shorty still twerk for that vitamin D. We all got needs, many varieties. A storm's a storm, approach quietly. NYC to my peoples in the bay. Orange is the new black, but there's 50 shades of gray. If you're caught up in the trap, boy, you best to find a way. With from chilling on the block to courtside with MJ. I'm real scrappy with mines, get on my level. I help you get what you need if you a rebel. I'm taking all bets, kid. I put the money up. Tiptronic in the whip, yeah, double clutch. Bass comes for you, ball like Charlie Hustle. Boutiques, bow ties, and I'm eating muscles. Ever so, yo, we need that feet. The sun don't chill, it be that vitamin D. Peoples is real, I got the vitamin D. My brothers uptown, they got the vitamin D. The East Coast boy, we got the vitamin D. Catch me on the corner, got that vitamin D. I'm up in the club, I got the vitamin D. And life is a drug, I got that vitamin D. It's no stripless, I got that vitamin D. This is ESP, but now it's fine. See my boy right here? Yeah, it's my boy Antonio Limbo. Make sure you say Bo too. <laughs> Word on the street. My boy been sad for a little minute now. We all try talking to him, but don't nobody really know what's going on with him. So right now, Antonio's getting ready.
beautiful people welcome back to the second hour of love babs love talk i'm babs rolls ivy uh we had word on the street uh it was nice to see somebody out there riding their scooter baby out there i don't even know i can't even call this a rainy day so uh yeah so i'm i'm perusing the uh the heaven independent i see my good friend sister friend uh uh dr uh siobhan carter has uh jumped off the hamden board of ed because of the noise and unkindness I don't blame her. You know what? Black women don't got to tote no more piss for nobody. Get off these boards that are contentious and harmful and traumatizing. I mean it because we don't, we don't owe, we don't owe nobody a damn thing. Not us, not black women. We don't owe them nothing. So hand in, get it together. But you know what? Boards of Eds across this country are in crisis mode. They are all contentious. They all are crazy. People are losing their minds. I Listen, I just came off the Common Ground Board, which is a school board, you know, and I was co-chair of it. So I, I understand the foolishness that goes on. And when, it, when it's your time to go, you got to go. I, that's how I felt. You know, I was like, it's time for me to get off this board now. I've been here, I served whatever. And you know what? Not for nothing. I'm just tired of folks. And by folks, I mean white people. (laughs) So, and by white people, I mean Republicans. (laughs) They they make life awful for people. I know. I I think that's their tagline. We make people, we make make your life, we are the party that make your life awful. So I, I am not mad at her for getting off that board, that board of education, because, you know, at the end of the day, you have to think about what is in your best interest for your own safety and sanity. And you cannot be going around and around and around with people on stupid stuff and vitriol. I listen, I'm not even mad at her. I'm not. I listen. You go in thinking one thing and then you're met with something else. It's time to get off the horse. Now, she ran a good race. She enjoyed it. And it was fun getting to know her neighbors. And it was illuminating to understand what they're up against. But you get in these spaces, you get into these political waters, and you find yourself swimming against the tide. 
It's very difficult. And you have to make hard decisions about, is this how, do I want this for my life? That's really the underlying question always. Is this what I want to do with my life? And if the answer is a resounding hell no, then you have to, you have to step off. That's it. There's no, and, I, and she's a sane, rational, smart woman. You have to do what's in your best interest. So it's in the, it's, in, it's, all, it's about a new having independence like noise and unkindness drive new member off board of ed, off, off ed board. Okay. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. And okay. So I'm going to slide on over. Uh, Ma's favorite. There's a new restaurant in town oh, over at the old Lena spot called Ma's. Um, and look like they're serving up some soul food for you, baby. Soul food. So I, I have to figure out if I can eat there or not. Because, you know, soul food can, might be my undoing. <laughs> All that butter and milk. I know them biscuits is made with buttermilk. Mm. I know. Ain't a vegan thing in there except a piece of lettuce. But I'll see. I'll check the menu. Maybe I can get me and get me some stuff made without butter on it. You know, if I go in there enough, they'll start catering to me a little bit. I'll be like, you know what? There's people in this community that don't eat butter, cheese, you know, think about us. You know, I see Hamden put uh, seatbelts in their prisoner transport van. Because they know they don't got no money like New Haven to pay for somebody's uh, suit. <laughs> they know they don't have any money. So they're like, listen, wherever we could, at wherever we can save a dollar, we're going to do it. So they put seatbelts in, you know. And I get it. But well, how about this? Why don't we say to police officers, don't drive crazy? Do you know what I mean? Like, drive like you're carrying precious cargo rather than disdain for human life. Why don't we do that? I, I, I know. It's an old-fashioned notion to say, oh, I'm transporting human beings. I get it. We always want the easy route. Put, put some seatbelts in. And strap them in so when we jack them up with the drive, you know, we'll cut them in half. <laughs> I'm just, that's how I see it. When I come back from vacation, I'm going to start a new segment about what's going on in this community. What's going around, what's what's going on around town. I think I have to talk to Markeisha again. She gave me a catchy little title. I can't remember what it was. So when I come back from Martha's Vineyard, I'm gonna have a new a new little segment. I just want to read what's happening. I want to give people a sense of what's going on in the community, because people this is what pe this is what I get. I had no idea that was happening. I had no idea that was happening. This should be a centralized place for all the information. There's a, there is no centralized place for nothing anywhere in the world. There's no centralized pace for things. Things are all over the place. As, as there are different people and different events, there's different places where it's posted. You know, the thing is people have to plug in. You have to plug in. 
you just can't think that news is just going to walk up to your door and say, there's no town. Cr- I'm going to be the town crier. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Town crier. This is what's happening today. As best as I can, I'm a mister, but I'm going to put it out there. Be the town crier. I'll be the town crier. Remember the town criers? No, I mean, I don't remember them. It's before. It's like 200 years ago. But there would be people who walked through town with a bell telling you the news of the day because people were illiterate. I'm just saying, before newspapers, or even if you had newspapers, everybody couldn't read. So you would announce the news walking up and down the streets. So I'm going to use this platform to be the town crier. I'll get back to you on it. Because I'm tired of people running up on me talking about how do you know? How do you know? How do I know? Because I'm at st- I go to stuff. I'm in stuff. I plug into stuff. I want to know what's happening. I want to I want to go to all the cool stuff. I do. So I just I go where the cool kids are. I don't wait for the cool kids to come to me. I go where they are. So now I'm going to take that on. I'm going to keep a running list of all the things. And I mean all the things. Like, you know, oh, they're doing some kind of food drive over there. They're doing some kind of, they're calling for volunteers over there. You know what? They need, they're, they're releasing grants over here. I'm going I'm to try to do that to the best of my ability. You know, and I'm an announcer. It's like, listen, in my show, I'm going to start doing that. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but we're going to call it. You know how we do word on the street? Let's take a few minutes to tell everybody what's happening. Even if I have to read the arts calendar, I'll do it. Because I, I, I listen, people running up on me talking about, I didn't know. I had a whole, I was in a whole conversation with people about, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I, I just like, and I, I get annoyed by that so much because I don't, even if there was a centralized place, people wouldn't go to a centralized place. There's a whole arts calendar up. Oh, I didn't know there was an arts calendar. I'm telling you now. Yeah, but I didn't know before. Well, now you know. You see what I mean? See how cyclical this is? It's like crazy. <laughs> oh, but I wanted to know when I wanted to know because that thing was happening that I wanted to go to. Well, you missed it. So for future reference, check here. It's not, it's not a one and done. It's stuff is happening all the time. This is a this is a city that moves at lightning speed on some things and like and like molasses on other things. I'm just saying, people, gosh, tune in. Not just to me. Just go go with it. Listen, Yale runs a whole bunch of stuff, and they don't even have centralized locations. What's going on at the, the slavery and uh, emancipation and all that class department? They got their whole their own list of activities. The Schwartzman Center, they got their own list of activities. So you got to check them. You just don't go to Yale and be like, okay, where's all the events? No, you have to, <laughs> you got to sift through all, all, all the departments that offer all the different school of management. They got their own events. And their own calendar and their own website. Oop, look, go over there. Schwartzman, same thing. Schwartzman, they have they have all kinds of people. And sometimes, sometimes they let me know. Sometimes I hear about it through the grapevine. Seriously, arts and ideas. They got their own website. 
they run the whole festival on the, online. Tell you from the moment that they launch from the big party, the kickoff party, they tell you. Long Wharf Theater, same thing. Go to their website. What is coming? Take a look. Long Wharf Theater, Schubert Theater, Yale Rep, Yale School of Drama, Iceman Theater. Ice, is it Iceman? Ice, I don't know. The theater up the street. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's a whole bunch of things going on. <laughs> it's not in one place. Unless you count the internet as one place, then you got to search. Just do a basic, what's going on in New Haven? Leonard Webb has a whole network. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. Tune in. I'm just saying, people, there's, there's information out there. I know, and it can be overwhelming. I get it. But once you get the rhythm for what you like to do, then you'll go to the places that offer the things that you like to do. You know? And then you won't be looking at me like, how does Babs know all that stuff? Because I go to stuff. And you go to stuff and you hear about other stuff. And, and there's a lot of stuff that I miss. Lucy Gelman goes to a gazillion things. Brian Slatery goes to a gazillion things. Right? They just go. Uh, one, because Lucy is interested and she likes to write, keep it in the arts paper. So she goes. She turns up at stuff. And people are used to her coming to stuff. So they tell her about stuff. Hey, Lucy, we're doing this art exhibit thing over here. And people are like, oh, I didn't even know that was happening. Well, you have to read the arts paper. Where can you get the arts paper? Sometimes you can read stuff in the inner city, but it's usually after the fact. So if you want up to the minute, go to the arts paper page, House in the Arts Council. Booyah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, you know, I'm just... So that's my rant for the moment. So yeah, so I'm going to take it upon myself to start telling people um, what's happening. Wait, there was a woman on the ledge August 15th? That was just the other day. Cops rescue woman from ledge. Who is on the ledge? Read the New Haven Independent and find out. I'm not going to read it right now, but the, the, the title jumped at me. Officers rescue woman from ledge. I don't know if she was trying to jump. She's trying to rescue her kitty. What is happening? Inquiring minds. Want to know. Hey, bocce ball is uh, back in Worcester Square. Yay. Yay. They got their bocce ball back. Okay, cool. You know, I missed the whole, since I don't live in um, Beaver Hill anymore, uh, I don't hear the gospel fest music. <laughs> I lived in Beaver Hill. I could hear the gospel fest music from, from my house. I sit on the porch. I could hear it like, well. And uh, so since I'm not in that neighborhood, I can't hear it from New Hallville. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, the sound doesn't travel that far. But they were celebrating a 25th annual gospel fest, which is really nice at Gulf Street Park. They've been doing this for 25 years. And, you know, New Haven has really great parks, really, really great parks. So I'm very, uh, um, oh, we were in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, we were, weren't we? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then Maya did the follow-up story to the New Hallville celebrates his champs. You know, every summer, um, uh, Gary Gates does the uh, basketball summer league 
Um, and it's, it's, you know, if you've ever been to the Rutgers in New York, it's got that vibe to it. Do you know what I mean? Some of y'all know that, the Rutgers. You know, you see, see these. It's like, you know, professional street ballers. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so she, she did the, this, this, the follow-up story. And I, I guess it's done. I think it's done. And maybe they'll have an end of the summer wrap-up, you know. Uh, let's see. There's nothing else. I, I, don't, I don't really want to read about Tweed because Tweed has always been, you know, I was on that board for a minute, to that board, when Henry Fernandez was economic development director. So I have to, I have to inventory all the boards that I were on. I was on a lot of boards in this town. I think the very first board I was on was uh, Equal Opportunity Commission, which is the oldest municipal Equal Opportunity Commission in the country. You know, New Haven is full of little quirky little facts like that. You know, like Jonathan Behrman, like gave me the little quirky information about Benjamin Jepson's school. Benjamin Jepson, be- because because of his insistence on musical education, um, New Haven was the first school school school. Uh, uh, system to have music in school. So what Jepson did uh, became the model for all other schools around the country to have music education in place. So, so New Haven is quirky like that. But anyway, so I was on the uh, Commission on Equal Equal Opportunity. And my friend Ron Thomas was on that board and he dragged me onto it. <laughs> but it's the, it's the oldest municipal com- commission in the country which I, I find that fascinating. And so, um, you know, so I, I learned about construction stuff. I learned about um, uh, 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 the law of of thirds and Davis-Bacon and all that kind of stuff. I learned all that language about equal opportunity and what you can and cannot do and set asides and, uh, union halls and um, subcontractor contract. I like learn that stuff. <laughs> like whoa, and I still kind of know it. I don't know why I still know it, but I still kind of know it. So that was the very. I think that was the very first board that I was on. I was on the Boys and Girls Club of Greater New Haven, which is the oldest Boys and Girls Club in the country. It is. So, uh, so New Haven is ripe with all these little funny little things. Uh, uh, so I was on the board of education board. I was on, uh, oh God, what other board was I on? I was out, oh, yes, I was on the board of police commissioners. I enjoyed that very much. Uh, let's see, I was on the neighborhood music school board. I enjoyed that very much when my children were young, 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 and they, I put them in the summer camp. Uh, let's see, uh, uh I, I was a founding member of the New Haven Academy when they when uh, Meredith and Greg first came to New Haven. Me and uh, um, Linda, you know, the bagel people, um, we were on that board together. I got to know them a little bit. Um, uh, and they were, and this was, I'm talking about at the very beginning, they were just having conversations with people. I was running Jumpstart. That's how, this is how new this concept of the school that they want to do uh, was. I was running Jumpstart for Young Children, which was an AmeriCorps program. Uh, so, yeah. So I was on their board until they, until they kicked me off. They threw me off. They, they threw me off their board. <laughs> when my scandal hit, they 
they immediately sent a, sent me a note saying, we need you to get off our board and we'll write the letter for you. Swear to God. And I was like, no, I, I can, I'm capable. <laughs> I will, you will have your letter. I've got a bunch of letters I have to write because I was summarily kicked off a bunch of boards. I was fired from the board of ed. Reggie Mayer came to came came to my came to the job and said, I have, "We have to fire you." He's like, "I don't want to do it." He's like, "But I have to do it." I was like, "Okay, it's fine." I was like, "I need my job, but I understand." And so I got fired. He came personally because he didn't want anybody else to do it. He wanted he wanted to fire me himself, um, and he did. He was very kind. You know, I didn't cry or anything. I was I was I you know I in my mind I was like. This is my job. I'm making good money. How am I gonna how am I gonna survive this? But I, I packed my things and I left. And uh, you know, it was it was it was traumatic at that moment. It was not traumatic now, but it's, it was traumatic at the moment because I, I didn't have any other income. That was my job, you know. Uh, and I and I liked the job that I was doing over there. Uh so yeah, so and then I think I think just before that. I had already stepped down from the board. I have to, I have to look at my resume. My resumes will tell me <laughs> where, where, where the lineup was. <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't remember. I just don't remember all the things. So, uh, and, and, and I don't know why would I, because, you know, you just move through, just move through all the things, but yes, yeah, so I was kicked off a bunch of boards uh, at that time. People, you know, I mean, they were, people were mad at me, mean to me too. And I was like, Ooh, okay, I'm off. No worries. I wrote my little letters. I have to go back and look. I made, I think I have a note somewhere that tells me all the, the places that people were mean to me and people would return my calls. And although John DeStefano was very kind to me, he, he was like, I'll help you find another job. You need another job. You know, and he called me, he sent me flowers. I mean, he, he, he took this very personal, you know, he did. He re he really did. I, and had no reason for him to take a shine to me, but he did. So, you know, he called people on my behalf to help me find another job. I never did find another job. Um, uh, my friend B. Doja Taylor um, gave me a job when I came home from um, Danbury Federal Prison Camp. And she gave me a job. She paid me a little bit of money every week. She's like, she's like, what do you need? I said, I need a job. I said, because, you know, my, my probation officer was like, you have to have a job. I was like, okay. So she gave me a job, a little part-time job, and uh, she paid me out of her pocket every week. Swear to God, she paid me out of her even when the store wasn't even making any money. She was paying me. That see, so I know I know how good people can be. I just listen, listen. I know how good people can be. So she paid me. I worked there for like I don't know a year and a half, two years, you know. Um, and she was trying to figure out a way how I could buy the bookstore to buy the building actually i was like b i can't even i can't even think about this i was like i'm going through a divorce my house is in foreclosure i have to satisfy you know this work requirement and all this other kind of stuff so i can't i can't see my way uh i wish i could have because i would have i would have just <laughs> i could i couldn't i couldn't see it at the moment because you know that's i just had so many other things on my plate i mean i was in I was in uh, uh, every court at the same time for a period of time. You know, I was in criminal court, civil court, family court, <laughs> maybe parking court. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, whatever, 
court there is in the land, baby. I was in it. I was in it. I was in it. I was in it. And uh, I don't even listen. People are like, how did you? I don't know. I just, you know, it really was one foot at a time, one day at a time, one breath at a time. That's really what it was. That's that's the only way I could have survived that whole time. You know, one one step at a time, one breath at a time, one moment at a time. Seriously, my, my sorority sisters got together. They put some money on the table so I could pay my keep my bills paid. Swear to God, you know they they came and paid helped me pay my bills. Uh, I could tell you, Karen Walton and Robin Godwin and 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 uh, and Myra, Myra Myra came one Christmas and gave me money to buy Christmas gifts. Swear to God, she knocked at her and her husband. She came by and it's like, listen, we're gonna give you this. Don't say nothing. <laughs> You don't got to thank us. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. Here, get the kids the gifts, do whatever you got to do. Swear to God, they left. She was not, she was like, I'm whatever I could do for you. I was like, I was just, I was grateful. Unbelievably grateful. So when I tell you, I know something about grace. I know it. I know. So people can say whatever they want. I know something about grace and, uh, and how people rise to help you you know, rise to help you. And I tried to, I tried to move through that time with as much grace as I possibly could. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause I had little kids. So you, you cannot be crying and carrying on and going crazy. When you have little kids, you have to get them to school. You got to get them to the music lessons. You got to get them to their basketball games and cheerleading. You got to get them to church and they're all in the choir and they're, you know, doing. <laughs> so you have to, you have to move to those waters as if you was born from them waters, right? You can't be drowning. You have to swim. And I come from people who know how to swim, you know. So uh, it was it was a time, baby. It was a time, you know. Uh, it was a time. And then, you know, slowly the, the, the smoke dissipates. The, I, I went online. I had an online presence. I made friends online. That's why I have good friends on Facebook. This is why I know people to this day, because I went because I was persona non grata everywhere I went in the city, everywhere. Nobody wanted to see me. Nobody wanted to know me. I mean, except my core friends. My core friends had my back. You know, my friend who was a judge right now, Jane, she's like, Beth, I don't care if you sold a million dollars or two dollars. I ride for you. <laughs> and the kids, she's my kid's godmother, her and her husband. They're like, We ride for you. Ladies for that. I don't care. So I just went online and created a whole Love Babs persona. That's really what it was. The first blog was Love Babs, A Life in Transition. That was the blog. And, and I got to know other blogs. That's how I got to know other bloggers. So I started putting my, you know, I started writing my thoughts and feelings in the blog and just doing all the, you know, just, it was like a living diary and people started reading it and following along. And I started following them along. We got to know each other. And then I went to blog talk radio, took, took the blog to the radio, you know, internet radio and had a really good following. And then I was producing some other shows for other people. I mean, I was really just creating my own world because where I was, I couldn't, you know, they were, I, I just felt like I was not welcome anywhere. I, and I wasn't. <laughs> you would have thought, you know, when, when, when they put my picture on the front page of that New Haven register, Next to the people that killed the Pettit family, I was like, okay. I mean, it was a really great picture, though. I must say, they didn't have they didn't have a harsh picture of me um, because I 
as an alderman, we had to go to the register and take a, our, our, our photo that they would use if something came up and we were a part of it, they'd have a good photo. So I, you know, I, I, I'm a sharp dresser by nature. So I, my picture looked really good. <laughs> so, so when they ran, the, they ran the story on the front page. And I, 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 to this day, I don't even understand why that was, a, that should have never been on the front page. Not because it's me, but because it just didn't seem like a big enough story to put on the front page. I was not a, a celebrity or a star. I was just an alder, alderman. Uh, but, you know, there was these rumblings about maybe she'll run for mayor, right? So, so that was that before the scandal. There was a little bit of rumbling of that. So I think there was, I think there were forces out there that was like, we are, we're going to stop her, which is fine. I mean, you can't really stop people, but you could shut them down from, you could, you could, you could, you could bar the door to some things. And that's what they were doing. And it was fine. I mean, this is why I don't have love for Tom Ficklin. I don't, I don't, I don't have, I, I have absolute hatred for him because he, he was a friend and he betrayed me to the register because he wanted a gig or some old mess, him and Angela, whatever her name was from the register. So I don't speak to them. I, I barely, I mean, I'm not mean to them, but I, I don't got no love for that. I just don't like that level of betrayal. Why? Because you want what you want, but you know, karma. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's all. So that's why I don't, I don't got, I don't got no, I don't, I don't, I don't got no patience time language for him that's it and i let him know we're not we're never gonna be friends again because I, I i don't have friends like that so i i don't know where i don't know where they do that where you are but i don't i don't roll or grind like that so that's my story people that's what it was that's what it was so when i so when i tell you i, I sit from a place of understanding what grace is and and and, and all the fires that I've come through, and, and God knows there are a lot of them. And I still, I still believe in love. I still believe in joy. I still like community. I still gather people. I still like connection. I still value kindness, you know, and, and I like to laugh. And I surround myself with people who, now, I'm not surrounded by people who are so successful that they're just successful. I'm surrounded by people who keep trying, who get up and keep moving and keep grooving and keep chasing their dreams. That's what I'm surrounded by. That's it. You know, I, they're not fake. They're, they're real and genuine. They care about the world. They care about what the work that they're doing. They care. And that's what I'm surrounded by, people who care about things. I like that because I care deeply about things. I do. I care. I care that, that Black women are not resting. I care that microaggressions are real. I, and I, I feel like at this point in my life, I earn the right to say and do what I want. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I care and I don't care. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that anybody could do to me at this point in my life. Like, no, I, listen, I'm not climbing the corporate ladder, so I don't have to worry about anybody messing with my employment. Do you know what I mean? 
and and I know friends who are going through it in their jobs because people are being vicious and mean. I don't have to worry about that. Paul Bass not mean to me. <laughs> this is not. John Thomas is not mean to me. <laughs> I, I, I think I have it pretty good. I get to do what I like for money. What? It's not a lot of money. I, I wish it was more money, but that's all right. I mean, I don't, what? I'm happy. You know, I don't have to put on pumps and stockings. I don't have to do any of that. <laughs> you know, I don't have to, I don't have to do any of that. It makes me happy. So when I tell you I know something about grace, believe me. Believe me, I know. I know. And there's a lot of people out there who 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 could benefit from some grace. And we gotta we gotta learn how to extend grace. Even it, it, just extend grace to people. Because you don't know what people are going through when you see them, you know. So, so I'm gonna go back and read this story about this woman on the ledge, you know, because all of us have been on the ledge at some point in our lives. Everybody's been on the damn ledge. And some there, but for the grace of God, go I. And there are people who have walked me off a ledge who have taken glocks out of my hand. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. So, so keep the faith. Whatever you're going through, keep your head up. It's hard. I know it is hard out there when the world is coming down on you and you cannot breathe and you cannot see in front of you. But I promise you, if you take one step in one moment with one breath, it will get you further down the path. It will. But you have to stay in the moment with the one breath, the one step. That's it. Just do it. This moment, this step, this day. If you if you could find the, the, the grace to stand in that for a few minutes, then everything else will, will take care of itself. You just have to move forward one step at a time, one moment at a time, one breath at a time, you know, because it's hard. It's hard. So, you know, you know, what did Martin Luther King say? You don't have to see the whole stairway to take the step. You know, because fear, we get, we, we get afraid. I know what it's, I, listen, I know what it's like to be afraid. And you think, oh God, how am I ever going to get out of, through, around this? And it's the dark night of the soul. I get it. I get it. I get it. But trust me, trust me as you hear my voice, just take one step this moment with this breath and see what happens. So I got to go because it's about my time, but I'll be back tomorrow with Reverend Orcella Hughes. She's going to come and talk about, this is Black Philanthropy Month, people. Give, give generously to your Black organizations. I can't wait to talk to her. So y'all behave out there. I'll see y'all at the Arts Council annual meeting today. Y'all come through. We got food and drink. We don't have any wine because they don't shut us down for that. But it'll be other stuff. Be lots of good food. I'll see y'all. Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLB 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.